This is Monty in the Morning, the show Phoenix Magazine readers voted number one talk radio show in Arizona. Number one during your morning commute. Number one whenever news breaks during your day. And number one whenever and wherever you want to talk sports. Now it's time for Monty in the Morning. Hey, yo, man, how the heck are you? It is the Monty Show. Hey there, it's Thursday, May 12th, 2022 in Jake's Akash. Great start to the show. All right, we'll see you Monday. I mean, I still maintain most punchable face on YouTube. This guy. <laughs> I'm telling you. I mean, it's just this is what it is. I mean, I've I've gotten the reviews. Wow. I have the opinions. Where did that come? Oh from? no, we've had people comment on it. I can't remember who it was. You remember that? Didn't Eric? Isn't Eric C the one who always says Jake put on your glasses? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. People so. do miss Jake wearing glasses. I will agree Jake with that. Jake doesn't miss Jake wearing glasses. Not at all. You like sticking nails in your eye every morning yeah. just the way you also like shopping our affiliate links in this here podcast right below so if you're watching on youtube just scroll down the description they're all there including again i'm telling you and this has been a debate and maybe we talk about this later i don't know what's the best protein bar because i'm telling you the one bar the aloha bar is pretty good too i enjoy the aloha bar but i'm not a huge bar guy myself i mean i have to be honest with you hey man it's 240 calories of awesomeness yeah i know can i tell you how difficult it is to stay under 200 or uh, ah. 23 thank you 2300 calories a day well because you oh burn like God. five grand like dude it is so difficult it is i don't so know how difficult. you burn as much calories as you do it's kind of crazy to me yeah you know um <laughs> Cody Strickland says, good morning, men. I only watch Monday's show do family issues. Me and my family is going to Alaska on a seven-day cruise. Being fully vaxxed, I'm sure we'll be fine. No, you won't. Get the fuck out! We'll nah. see you later. Hey, man, uh, you know. Don't. Uh, hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. We can't use that nomenclature on the show anymore. We're not talking about that anymore. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, AdSense ain't about it. YouTube don't like the, uh, the C word. We're the, not allowed the, to. The C word, the V word, any of that. So can't we we can't you guys can but we can't jeremy bolton says well 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 first one in deal with it actually you're not the first one in how about that yeah how about that <laughs> how about that greg hawkins says sup y'all hope you had a good birthday greg eric and uh, raleigh says good morning men good morning <laughs> uh make sure you shop our affiliate links make sure you hit subscribe if you are here right now give us a thumbs up dude what happened to your boy last night before we get into the jazz death and destruction. Right, right. Speaking of death and destruction, what happened to Chaboy? <laughs> did Steph Curry play in that game last night or no? You you may remember yesterday on the show, what did I say? That I'm awesome and you're jealous I that said, you didn't get my good looks. Well, that's I'm pretty sure true. that's what you said. But what I said was is the road team who's leading the series 3-1 is not winning game 5. It's not happening. It ain't happening. It ain't happening. I don't I don't care. I don't care if you're Michael Jordan in, you know, 96. You're not winning that game. So, what happened? They got their doors blown off. Now, will they win game 6? Absolutely. It's over. I still maintain that. I think that again, the NBA wants longer series. They don't want five gamers. They want at least six games and ideally seven. But this series ain't going seven. I I would be shocked. Now, Boston and Milwaukee, that has seven games written all over it to me. I think that I think that Boston Boston had a rough little go there at the end, but I think that if they play their best basketball, they're better than Milwaukee, in my opinion. So I think that's a seven gamer for sure. Okay. Um, in other words, your boys dropped a dud, but 
But again, not to say I told you so, but hey, I told you so. Yeah. The officials, I mean, the statistically speaking numbers, I, I didn't look at them this morning. I want to say it was like the Warriors only shot 12 free throws in that game. And I want to say Memphis shot 30. What I just say? 30. Like they shot twice as many free throws as Golden State. And you could feel it in that game. Yeah. Like the officials were blowing the whistle for the Dub Nation folk. Yeah. Against them. Yeah. Grind City. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so that was that. But let's get into the Utah Jazz right here on the Monty Show because, again, we're in this silly season where every time Rudy Gobert takes a dump, people are like, Monty, what's going on? Oh, my what God. What does that mean? Does that mean, yeah, does he flush the Utah Jazz? It means nothing. It means absolutely nothing. And, again, um, there has been a lot of wild speculation it's May 12th. Conjecture. The playoffs are still going. We have no idea what teams who are still in the playoffs are going to do. Why on earth are we all freaking out about the littlest rumor written by somebody who, frankly, doesn't know the Utah Jazz? Yeah. Right? So the latest rumor is, is that the Jazz are um, more concerned about putting multiple players in the All-Star game than retooling or rebuilding the roster. What are you talking about? This is mind-blowing to me. And I understand, look, the the NBA All-Star Game, for those of you who don't know, somehow, some way you wouldn't know, that the game is in Salt Lake City. It's at the old Delta Center, now Vivint Smart Home Arena, which is morphed into the Viv. And is only Vivint Arena. <laughs> so anyway, it's really secure. They have a great doorbell camera. Do you think they have a big at panel the at, the, at the Viv? I Well, I don't know if they have a big panel. No, I'm not doing penis jokes anyway the point is um how interested are the utah jazz in putting multiple players into the nba all-star game next year instead of rebuilding and getting on the road to an nba championship um what's the difference between a rebrand a retool and a complete rebuild how god awful are the jazz uniforms going to be these are the rumors these are the questions we are asked on a daily basis and most days multiple times yeah during the day. So let's talk about rebuild versus retool. We have reported, and my reporting has not changed, this team is going to significantly alter this roster. Does that mean that they're going to trade everybody but Donovan? No. As I've said a hundred times, my guess is that you're going to have between two and three new starters on this team, and they are going to do everything they can do to trade Rudy Gobert this offseason. Thanks. And when we talk about what that means for this all-star game thing, from what I understand, what, what my sources at the Utah jazz tell me is that, yeah, they would like to have a significant presence in the all-star game, but they are singularly focused on doing everything they can do to win a championship. So let's say they trade Rudy Gobert. Okay. That means you have one guy. Well, the rumor is that they want multiple guys, that specifically Ryan Smith, the owner of the Utah Jazz, wants multiple Utah Jazz men in the All-Star game. From what I understand, that's not necessarily the truth. That's not accurate. They would like to have a good presence in the All-Star game, but they are not going to keep guys just because they think they can make them All-Stars. Because I think the other conversation I had yesterday that was so interesting was on Mike Conley. And the fact that the Jazz recognize that Mike Conley is likely not a guy that they can count on to be a cornerstone of this team in the, the, the next three years. And I think they know that 
he has likely hit his ceiling and is, is even more directly on the way down in his playing career than he is on the way up. But they owe him something like $40 million here. He's, I mean, the guy's making 21 and a half per season. Yeah. Right? Mike Conley's no longer an all-star. Mike Conley arguably has never been an all-star. Mike Conley is a very good player. But now you're in a position where you overpaid him for a long amount of time. Does he have trade value? You look at the obvious elephants in the room, and it's it's Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell. Like, are you going to wind up trading one of those guys? And from what I've been told since December when we first reported it, Donovan Mitchell and Ryan Smith have had consistent conversations and dialogues that this team will be remade around Donovan Mitchell because it is currently constituted to, to feed everything to Rudy Gobert. And it has been a painful one. And so if you're if you're putting a gun to my head and saying, hey, who's it going to be? My guess is that you're going to see Royce, Boyan, and Mike Conley traded. And I think they're going to do everything they can do to trade Rudy Gobert. But to to answer the question directly, I think if, if you trade those guys, what are you getting in return? Mm-hmm. And what I think they want if they trade Rudy Gobert is they want an all-star in return. Whether the all-star game is here or not, I'm telling you, if you're going to trade Rudy Gobert, you need to get an all-star in return. And so when we talk about having multiple players in the all-star game, I do think that would be a luxury. And I do think that's possible by trading Rudy Gobert. Because by the way, the other thing here is, I don't think Rudy Gobert is a shoe in to be an all-star this coming season. I truly do not. I think the jury is out on whether Rudy Gobert um, can be an, be an all-star when you have situations like the Clippers series, when you have situations like the Dallas series, when you have consistent moments where the Jazz haven't figured out how to how to protect Rudy defensively. Mm-hmm. So I think it makes it very difficult for guys around the league and fans around the league, especially with all the, the, the negative media pr- uh, coverage that Rudy's gotten for his play, I think it's very difficult to assume that Rudy Gobert will be an all-star next year. Now, is the, is the center position in the West stacked? No, it's not. Is he almost a default at the position? Yeah, he is. And by the way, he's an elite defender. So it's not that he's not capable. I just think it's going to be very difficult. If this team does not come out and does not win, I think it's going to be very difficult, and I don't care who it is, to put multiple players in the All-Star game, even if it is here. Now, that doesn't mean that guys like Boyan, if he's still here, let's say, or Jordan Clarkson can't be in the three-point competition. That doesn't mean that Donovan Mitchell won't be in the game. That doesn't mean that, you know, the Rising Stars game can't have Jared Butler in it. But it's going to be very difficult to have multiple guys play in the NBA All-Star game, in my opinion, no matter what you do. Because I also don't think Donovan Mitchell's a lock to be in that game. You're going to have a Utah Jazz man on that roster. That's going to happen. Just because the game's in Salt Lake City. But are you going to get two guys? Are you going to get... Are you going to get one guy as a starter? Are, are Donovan or Rudy a starter in the NBA All-Star game? Tend to think they're not. So it's going to be very difficult to, to meet that bar, Jake. Yeah, I, I think that, you know, this this whole thing about, hey, well, they're more concerned about getting guys in the All-Star game than, than putting together a championship team is ridiculous. I mean, I, I think that the All-Star game is, yeah, cool, it's in Salt Lake City and you'd like to have nice representation, but I, I would be surprised if that had anything to do with <laughs> the their decision-making or, or how they're going about building the roster. I do agree with what you were saying, that if you're going to trade Rudy, just logically speaking, you have to get an all-star back. I mean, he he's an all-star level player. I mean, that's just 
that's just NBA culture. That's NBA business. So, yeah, I, I think as far as this whole concept about rebuild or retool, I mean, they're definitely going to trend towards retool. Uh, you're not going to see a, hey, fire sell every player and then let's suck for five years. That's not going to happen. But I think that one of the biggest mistakes that was made this past season is the expectation of having a championship team when you didn't have a championship roster. And that's the thing that I think needs to be corrected within the fan base and in the media. I mean, you have, you have like, when the season ended, you have people who cover this team every day writing about how the expectation was to win a championship. And I just don't know where that came from, you know? And so, to me, if, if I'm the Jazz, I'm trying to put together a roster that can contend for a Western Conference championship. That's what I'm looking for. Not the NBA Finals. I'm trying to put together a team and a roster that can consistently get to the, the Western Conference Finals. And then, hey, if that team gels together and, and they come together the way, let's say, the Boston Celtics have over the last several seasons, and then you start pushing towards you know the NBA Finals, great. But if I was rebuilding this roster, retooling this roster, that is conceptually what I'd be trying to do. I need to move... I need to move the core of this team off the roster, and I need to bring a breath of fresh air in. I need new energy. I need to get a bit younger. I need I need more athleticism. The good news is athleticism get athleticism back. But I just think you know this the rumor mill, all this stuff about the All Star game, hell, all this stuff about trading Don to the Knicks and to the Heat, and oh my God, the Knicks were at this game and X, Y, and Z. Like all of that stuff is just conjecture. I and and I understand why. You guys sit us up about like, hey, is this true? Did you hear that? Did you hear this? What's true is what we've told you so far. Honestly, like like what we've reported about their plans and the fact that they're not trading Don, Donovan Mitchell and Don hasn't asked for a trade. Like the, the, the him or me thing with Rudy, we told you wasn't true. Like all of those things are true. You can believe those things. And again, I want to point out with the Rudy Gobert, him or me thing, his agent told us directly that was not the the case yeah his we spoke directly to i spoke directly to rudy gobert's agent who told me that did not come from him or rudy gobert and he was unequivocal about it and again i just don't think that's the kind of player that rudy's been or the kind of professional he's been um and what i've heard is that rudy gobert and the jazz have an ongoing conversation they have an ongoing dialogue and rudy gobert has told the jazz that he would be open to a, a trade He's not demanding a trade. He's not telling them they absolutely have to trade me. I will not be here. He has told them that he would be open to a trade and that he is frustrated that he is a scapegoat on defense and that he is not somebody that that is featured in their offense. And I think the Jazz have been, from what I understand, the Jazz have been very candid with Rudy that there needs to be, if he wants to be a centerpiece of their offense, that there needs to be significant development in the offseason, and he needs to be able to play with his back to the basket. And I just don't think they're going to wait that out. Yeah. I don't think that the Jazz are going to sit here and say, okay, well, our plan is to make Rudy Gobert a focal point of the offense. Because, by the way, that still doesn't solve your biggest problem, which is Rudy Gobert is, and what's the right way to say this? Rudy Gobert gets exposed when he is asked to play perimeter defense one-on-one -on -one with a, an athletic wing player. And that's why I say, like, athleticism in the league is everywhere. I mean, it's it's going to be hard for you not to get it. and But that's why I also think you're it's going to be tough for the Jazz to try to make, you know, let's just surmise a, a Rudy trade to the Raptors without including, you know, uh, uh, you know, a Royce or a Bogey or something. 
you're going to have to package players to ship him out, or it's going to have to be a three-teamer, you know, or both, you know? So that's why I say, like, this isn't going to be some simple process like, oh, the Jazz are the Jazz are trading him to Dallas, and, and we got, you know, Tim Hardaway back. That's not how it works. It's, it's just not going to be that simple. So, yeah, I, I and, and the other thing, too, I think that might get, you know, mischaracterized with Rudy is I don't think he's even asking to be a focal point. I don't think he's saying I need the ball every time down, but what I do think Rudy wants is, is to be, you know, just more involved in in getting lobs and getting opportunities to score. That's what that's what I think he wants, and that's what's not present right now. And I think there are other teams in the league who could give that to him. And to that, I say ship his ass out, get the players back, move on, because ultimately that's what has to happen this offseason. Regardless of the All Star Game or whether Knicks executives are sitting at 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 round one with Dallas and Utah, like it doesn't matter, man. You need to move on from this core group of players, and whatever comes back, it needs to work to the a playoff standard. But there also needs to be a conversation here about Rudy Gobert. And really, uh, you know, like there was a big debate this morning on Mike Conley. And, you know, I actually really, I really, I enjoy a lot of jazz blogs. And um, <clears throat> I happen to read SLC Dunk occasionally. It's not something I read all the time, um, but Calvin Chappelle, 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 I'm sorry if I'm getting your name wrong, Calvin. I don't even know that he watches the show, but he was tweeting about the disrespect of Mike Conley. He said, jazz fans completely turned on Mike Conley. Um, jazz fans completely turning on Mike Conley is so frustrating, predictable, but frustrating. He's been a top 30 player while in Utah, had two great postseasons. Last postseason, the Clipper postseason was not a great postseason for Mike Conley. It just was not. Sorry. You were not available against the Clippers. Yeah. That was not a great postseason. Um, he had two great postseason and was a perfect fit with our two stars. Then he has one bad series and everyone's sure he's a waste of money. Now, I understand a lot of that was to get attention and interaction and totally understand that. It's one of the poorest tweets about the jazz that I've seen in some time. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I know Calvin's work a little bit and I think Calvin, you're better than that. And the, the, this goes directly to the Rudy Gobert conversation. Yeah. At some point you're going to have to learn to tell the truth and you're going to have to learn to take your emotion and your fandom out of it. Because if you are going to sit here and say that Mike Conley has had two great postseasons. I am not sure what Mike Conley you're referring to because Mike Conley, since the day he got to Salt Lake City, has been injured. He is not somebody you've been able to count on, and particularly in this Dallas series and really throughout most of the second half of last season, the guy could not finish in the paint, was an inconsistent three-point shooter, was not good defensively, and he looked slow. Yeah. So – if you're unwilling to tell the truth about Mike Conley, if you are unwilling, like, and I want to mention one guy specifically on Twitter, um, Calvin Howard Gross says, shocker, another video expressing negativity about Rudy. Let me ask you something. Why are you here? What do you, when you come to this show every day, what is the expectation? What value does this show provide to you? Because there's a reason that we, we routinely on a daily basis do about 3,000 views per show. And that's our number. Do about 3,000 views a show. 
We do generally, you know, you you guys do a great job supporting our audio podcast. We do about 10,000 a day, right? So if we're doing all of that, you're here for a reason because we tell you the truth. Your expectation should be unemotional, unbiased, truth-telling about the Utah Jazz. Facts. And, and really anything we talk about. The truth about the Utah Jazz is this roster is broken. They likely need four new starters. They likely need five new bench players. That's nine players out of 15 on an NBA roster. You've consistently made bad decisions on contracts. Rudy Gobert won, Mike Conley too. The initial Mike Conley trade was not the end of the world. It, it was not, I think, largely, I think Mike is who he'd always been. He is the same Memphis guy that he has been for a bit of his time here in Salt Lake. I think father time is undefeated and has caught up to Mike Conley. But if you're unwilling to tell the truth about these guys, you're going to continue to make the same mistakes. If Ryan Smith is unwilling to be, to be, you know, to be brutally honest about these guys on this roster, he's no better than Gail Miller ever was. If Ryan Smith is in, again, I want to make this clear. I was told yesterday specifically, <laughs> one of the jazz guys that I talk to on a regular basis texted me out of the blue. Like I was working yesterday, was not on jazz, was not thinking about it, hadn't reached out to him. They texted. This guy texted me out of the blue in frustration about one of the national guys writing a story that he said was a complete joke. It's embarrassing. And I don't disagree with that. There is, from what I'm told anyways, there is not an emphasis to have multiple players in the All-Star game instead of winning a championship. And just, just pause right there. That concept, like, let's say it again. The story, the rumor mill is that the Jazz are are sort of, I mean, obsessed might be a strong word, right? But, or, or focused. The Jazz are focused on having multiple guys in the All-Star game because the All-Star game is going to be at the Viv. So they want strong representation the same way Cleveland had Garland and, and all their boys in the game. The idea that you're writing stories and putting out stories that say they're more focused on the all-star game than retooling this roster is crazy. What NBA franchise would be more focused on putting guys in the all-star game than building a championship contender? Because I got news for you. You're not playing to get into the all-star game. Correct. You're playing to win championships, and you weren't even close to that this year. Yeah, and I just I believe in Ryan Smith more than that. I think that's a real question. I, I mean, if I'm being honest, the belief in Ryan Smith because he hasn't really done anything yet. There hasn't been any kind of yeah. He, he yet. is not. He has not made a significant impact on this roster. I mean, this roster largely is the same as it was the day he signed the the papers, and the result has gone in the wrong direction. If we're being really honest, the result's gone in the wrong direction under Ryan Smith. Um, and I can tell you, and this might seem petty. And I don't know, maybe the comments will tell me I'm wrong on this, but this rebrand, this uniform, A, will you please stop believing that uniforms we saw at Ross or at, I, you know, wherever you saw these pictures, that those are the uniforms that Jazz are going to release. Because for, it's garbage. Do you really think they'd be at Ross before they released them, even officially released images of the rebranded uniforms? Stop. Stop it.
Second, the uniform that leaked, I actually think that is true. I actually think that's one of the uniforms that they're working on. If if Ryan Smith gets this rebrand wrong, oh, he is in real trouble because this fan base is unforgiving. This fan base, and again, just being brutally honest, and if you think about the, the fans that I've been around, whether that's San Francisco slash Golden State, Los Angeles uh, with the Lakers and the Clippers, Chicago with the Bulls, like Phoenix with the Suns, there is no fan base that is quick to anger and quick to to ride the emotional roller coaster as this Utah Jazz fan base is. And what I'm telling you directly is if he gets this rebrand with these uniforms wrong and they are awful, god-awful uniforms, he's in real trouble. This is a code 10 abort. He will lose a significant number of fans due to these uniforms. He will because fans will not buy those uniforms. Yeah, and I think the uniform package now is pretty damn good. I mean, I think it's not it's not terrible, right? But and I know I know we've talked about this uniform at length. Yeah. But I'm just going to say it again. Are the Lakers going out of left field with their uniforms? No. Are the are the Knicks, are the Celtics? But I don't think it's fair. I don't think it's fair to take to compare the Jazz to those teams. But with their all due uniform respect. is classic and lasting. But I think what you're seeing in the league, though, and I don't disagree with that, but what you're seeing in the league is like you're seeing the Nets or like, you know, Toronto did it or the Clippers but, did but, it. Whoa, like, whoa, whoa, stop. Nate, look at the three teams you just yeah, mentioned. They're not winners. The Brooklyn is an expansion, essentially. The Nets have always been crap. Yeah. They were in New Jersey. Now they're in Brooklyn, and their uniforms are trash. And you for still the most haven't part. won anything. And you got right? the best guy in but, the league. But look at the Toronto Raptors. Mm-hmm. The Toronto Raptors were a cartoon character when they first came out. You know, you look at teams. Who's got the best uniform in the NBA? Well, bad news, Jazz fan. It's the Lakers and the Celtics and then arguably the Knicks. The Bulls? Nah. I, I mean, I love the Bulls uniform, but it's, I mean, the, the the Knicks, Celtics, and Lakers, the Sixers, like those are classic, timeless uniforms. Yeah. The Utah Jazz the Blazers. had a clean yeah. uniform. And the the baby blue uniforms, the AK-47 uniforms are the Carlos Boozer blue. Like, fuck off. Those were terrible. Mm-hmm. Why is this so difficult? Keep the city edition. Don't ever bring back that yellow uniform, please. That gold yellow. That, if you want to do a black and white uniform, I'm okay with that. Twice a year. yeah, I'm okay with that. But this uniform, the Utah Jazz need to chase the Yankees. They need to chase the Lakers. Have the note. Have the classic uniform. It's beautiful. Purple, yellow, green, over white. That's your uniform. Man, it ain't rocket science. Why, why, Why on earth would that not be your foundation? And then if you want to get off the reservation and do whatever it is these god awful uniforms that leaked are, Okay, do that twice a year. But are you really going to get rid of these city uniforms that you have that people love? Yeah. Why is that not your alternate on a regular basis? It could be, but you're going to retool. Now, I understand why they want to do a rebrand. It makes them millions and millions and millions of dollars. It makes them a ton of money. But this ain't it. And my question is, and I think this is, we've, We've asked this question multiple times. 
how big are Ryan Smith's balls? <laughs> and, I, and I'm not even joking. How much courage do you really have, Ryan Smith? Because if you do what you're convicted doing, which is if you truly love this uniform and you release that uniform, my man, stand by it. Do not cave. Do not do another uniform release next year. <clears throat> stand by it. All I have in this world is my balls and my word. That uniform. No well, man, that uniform's not good. No. No. Black and, and the practice facility's already black and white. Like, well, like the practice facility, okay, that's the practice facility. The fans, they don't really, they don't really got much to do with that. This team should always be purple, yellow. Even the blue uniform, the blue one. And let's call it gold. Yeah, the Navy uniform was beautiful. Yeah. Never to be seen again. Like, why? And I'm not trying to make some big deal out of this uniform or this rebrand. Ryan Smith is at a critical moment in time as the owner of this team. Because he hasn't had a lot of wins. What wins have we really had since he, he put pen to paper? Honest to God, since he took over this franchise, you have not seen winning on the court. You have your head coach who, I don't even know what you say about where Quinn Snyder's at because they they are desperate to keep him. Your two-star, like this is a freaking disaster. And why is it? Because there's a vacuum of leadership. And if you take this offseason and you act and you act aggressively and you step in and you make changes that you're convinced of, that's leadership. If you make changes and you lose and you say, this is on me, this is what I thought we should be doing, I was wrong, okay, great. If you make those changes and you win, even better. But you better be a leader, Ryan Smith, because this isn't on Danny Ainge or Justin Zanuck. It's not on your players, it's on you. You're a tech billionaire and a local guy who went to BYU, you know, like, like, yeah, Cougar up, bro. That's all well and good, but you probably should win games on the way to Cougaring up. Right? Like, it's cool that Ryan Smith is a billionaire and he's got a beautiful family and he's a local guy and it's a great story. But now it's time to actually do something. Come on, let's go, Schlepprock. So, just to surmise... I think this team is not trading Donovan Mitchell. Yeah. I think they would like to trade Rudy Gobert. And I think you're going to have a minimum of two to three new starters on this team. And my guess is you'll have six or seven new faces next season. Yeah. Is that a rebuild or a retool? Call what you want. Are they going to try and put multiple guys in the all-star game? Sure. But Ryan Smith, if you're valuing, and I'm told he's not, but if you're valuing the all-star game over winning a championship, I'm incredibly disappointed in you. Because that's not the way you do business. Yeah. That's not the way you win. All right, let's talk to you, the fan. The voice of the fan. Um, wow. YouTube is asking me if I want to ban James Knight. James, I don't know what you said. I I don't know, and I can, I can show it. Oh, James. Well, I'm not going to ban you. I'm going to say no to that. But James, that's not... The comment section on this show tends to be lively, but we don't make, yeah, like, yeah, we don't, James, I'm not even going to get into it. I don't want to make you look like an idiot. 
James, what the comment that, that got filtered deserved to be filtered. That's crazy. Now, I don't mean to like, now I'm cock teasing everybody. I don't mean yeah. to do that. But uh, Dane says, good morning, Greg. Again, good to see you. Cody Strickland says, the sperm bar is good from what I hear. <coughs> okay. Okay. It, we're three comments in and we're getting sperm references already. Eric and Raleigh, Rudy Sanchez, what's up? Uh, Eric and Raleigh says, Warriors checked out midway through the second quarter. The officiating in that game was brutal. Yeah. <laughs> and Memphis was just better. Uh, Tao Unga says, what's up, smart fellas? How are you? Zach Bourne, what's up with you? He says, what do you guys think about the heat? I feel like they developed guys the way that the Jazz think they do, or at least say they do. I mean, Tyler Hero is the sixth man of the year. Um, I think the Heat are, are a team that, that are coached by a guy who's done a lot of winning in his career, you know? And, and I think that Eric Spolstra knows how to put, knows how to put together culture that puts guys in a position to be successful. And that's why you consistently see them struggle earlier in the year. And then they come together as a team and they go on long runs. And Jimmy Butler's changed his attitude. Jimmy Butler has become a team guy. And oh, by the way, he's also very good. Yeah. He's a very good player. Uh, Big Dog O-Town, what's up? He says, what's up, fellas? Best podcast in the Beehive, top of the morning. To y'all, Heat Warriors, and Heat Warriors in the NBA Finals, in my opinion. Boy, the Boston Celtics gave away a trip Listen. to the Eastern Conference Finals last night. Listen, the, the true NBA Finals are going to be Suns Warriors in the Western Conference Finals. That's the series that I'm just incredibly I want excited it. about. I want it. I want it desperately. Uh, Eric and Raleigh says, Warriors are going to struggle to get past the Suns, assuming the Suns beat the Mavs. Yeah. I've come around to this. Fans no longer care about winning. They only care about drama and knowing the players from year to year. That could be. Well, I that think, I think you know, and, and it's I don't, I don't say this from a place where I'm trying to hate on people, but I do think that, you know, you're not super far off with that. Like, I do think that your average... Because think about who your your average Jazz fan is. This is somebody who is just like us. Like, hey, you've got a 9 to 5. You're not covering the team every day. You tune into the show and get what we have. And then you probably listen to the radio or, or you know, you look at your blogs or whatever. You're just kind of reading the tea leaves, right? And, and I think when that happens for fans, you start to kind of put dots together that aren't necessarily true, which is why you get the the him or me thing last week or you get the oh my god the Knicks sat at a game that means Don's gonna be a Nick in two years thing or whatever you know like that's what happens so I just think that you have to kind of slow your roll on stuff and really take a step back and think okay what does this really mean logically speaking what what's really happening here what's really hood bro yeah you know like come on what I'm telling you is that Who's a, the Jazz are a passionate fan base, but man, you just got to take your emotions out of it on this stuff. Do you want to win or not? I mean, yeah. that's, do you want to, do you want to be good fellas? These are our boys. <laughs> or do you want to win? Cause if you want to win, you're going to be unemotional about players and you're going to realize that they come and go. Yep. And Gordon Hayward's not an asshole who left you high and dry. Yeah. He did what was best for him, and he did the exact same thing you'd have done. And you should do what's best for you. Yeah, no doubt. Gabe Ledley, what's up, my friend? Good to see you. Jeremy Bolton says, uh, just bring in Giannis. Simple. I agree. Yeah. Um, Rudy is going to dunk on Skip, LOL, James Knight says. Oh, Don't disagree man. with that. Then you're, then you're next, Monty. Yeah, I could be. Yeah. I, 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 You know what? But the truth is, if I was guarding Rudy Gobert, I'd lock his ass up. Catch me outside. How about that? Eric and Raleigh says Conley is virtually <laughs> untradeable because of his contract. I don't disagree. Brandon Whitesides, what's up? He says, how do you build around Mitchell if he can't defend? 
Well, he's also 25 years old, and he's going to be a capable defender in the next two seasons. Yeah, and and I think so. That's a that's a fair question. I don't think it that's, is a fair. I, question. I don't think that that's an outlandish question. I do think that's a fair question, and I think that you see, like, if you take so we're talking Don. Let's put him to the side for one second and compare him to a couple other guys. So obviously Devin Booker is the closest comparison. We do that all the time. But I think if you compare him to you know a Jason Tatum, you compare him to Trey Young. Like I think Trey Young is a really close comparison in that Trey Young doesn't play defense. Trey Young has done no winning in his career yet, and Trey Young hasn't shown up in 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 the biggest games when but they're about to be eliminated. But he put fifty up at the Garden in a playoff game. And so that's what. But that's my point. So that's what people think about. Oh man, this guy. This guy was the villain against the Knicks. Hey, by the way, we're talking about the Knicks. You know that, right? Right, but I also think that you have to look at Donovan really bluntly. Mm-hmm. And you have to – and I don't know that Donovan looks at himself, honestly. I have no idea, frankly. He's a very private individual. Yeah. Donovan has yeah. to trust his teammates more. And this is, again, I think we've talked about this multiple times. I just don't think he trusts the guys that are around him. And I think that you have to, if you're the Utah Jazz, one, I think you have to bring Eric Pascal back. Um Two, I think you have to get guys that he he will trust and integrate because if he's not going to bring guys into the offense, it, it, I got news for Donovan Mitchell. You're, this hero ball shit's got to stop because yeah. it's killing this team. Yeah. It, if you look at the way that Donovan fits into Quinn's offense, he does it when he doesn't move the ball. I mean, he's got to distribute and get other guys involved. The turnovers in the paint have to stop. If Donovan's biggest problem was his defense – we would all be in a much better place. But the biggest problem likely is he won't pass and he turns the ball over in the paint too much. Yeah, and I think they got to get someone who's as good or better than him. Like, I think that's, I think that's you do. the mission. I think you do. And I think I think the other part of this is this is why the Spencer Dinwiddies of the world hurt you. Just a ball breaker not, not, not to get him. Not getting Spencer Dinwiddie. Damn. Not Not getting um, other guys to help him at the deadline is, I think, why Quinn is frustrated. I think when you look at and to the rest of Brandon Whiteside's comment, he says, if you can't defend, you need someone who defends like Rudy. The problem is, no, absolutely, positively, you don't need somebody that defends like Rudy. Look, Rudy Gobert is, is an odd fit in anybody's lineup because he only can defend the rim. Yeah. He only defends the paint. He cannot defend the perimeter. He cannot defend the mid-range, will not, at least has not shown the willingness to defend the mid-range. I don't need guys who defend like Rudy. I need Rudy to defend like other guys. I need Rudy Gobert to work on his footwork and his athleticism. I need Rudy Gobert. Frankly, I need Rudy Gobert to work on his flexibility so that he can move well. Rudy needs to be a better perimeter defender. That's what today's game calls for. And frankly, when you look at Donovan Mitchell, I also think in Brandon's comment, he says, also heard takes that Mitchell is more like CJ McCallum than a superstar. I totally disagree with that. We have no idea what Donovan Mitchell's top end is because he doesn't have anybody that can help him get there. Yeah. He doesn't have... CJ had Dame. Yeah, you don't have... Like, you know CJ McCallum's top end is second or third guy offensively. That's his top end. Why did he make New Orleans exponentially better? Because he got more from Brandon Ingram. That's why CJ McCallum was so impactful in New Orleans because he brought the best of Brandon Ingram out in key moments... But you never saw what Zion Williamson was with C.J. McCallum because they didn't want to play him. Yeah. With Donovan Mitchell, you don't know what his top end is because he doesn't have anybody that's a go-to. Who on this team, 
this past season because I think Donovan was a better offensive machine this past season than he had ever been. But why did he hit the wall this year? Well, because he doesn't have... Mike Conley had a dreadful season. A dreadful season. That teardrop push shot didn't go in. Yeah. This team... Which is kind of nuts. This team was largely... Well, it is kind of nuts. But this team was largely a team that was a three and no D team. Yeah. Man, that's crazy. That's crazy. After the all-star break, if they didn't make threes, they weren't winning games. Yeah. And you saw in the playoffs, all of a sudden against Dallas, they wanted to be a team that went to the rim. Well, guess what? You can't change your stripes like when the game's over. (laughs) Like Donovan Mitchell, if we're being critical of Donovan Mitchell, if we're telling the truth on Donovan Mitchell, Don's got to have better footwork and he's got to become an elite mid-range player. Yeah. Because when you do those two things, you become a better defender. And why is that? Because to be an elite mid-range player, you have to have fantastic footwork. To be a better defender, you have to have fantastic footwork. Yeah. His but Donovan Mitchell's biggest issue is there's a perception he's lost athleticism. Well, I'm telling you, he hasn't lost athleticism. He just simply has has lost opportunity because he doesn't believe in the guys around him. That's the issue. I'm also telling you, if Donovan Mitchell walks away from this team or goes to the Knicks, it's not the end of the world. If if Rudy Gobert is traded, it's not the end of the world. Everybody fixates on doomsday when you talk about moving guys out. There is no doomsday when you're talking about trading guys. It just isn't. Yeah. Because if you trade Rudy and his $41 million, you're going to allocate that money to other guys. Yeah. So I, I you just need to relax. It would be beautiful in this town if we didn't talk a single word of Utah Jazz basketball for for two weeks or even until the NBA Finals are over. Right? Let them go through their postseason process. Yeah. Let them go through their season wrap up process. They're they I mean they're you're looking at a process now where they're going back and they're watching their film, and they're figuring out and diagnosing and reaffirming or remaking their beliefs in what happened. Because you never truly understand what really happened when you're going through it. So that's what they're doing now. Um, Joe Kerr, good morning to you. He says, the Jazz are making a fatal mistake if they don't trade Rudy. I agree with that. Um, Eric and Raleigh says, the Jazz need a Draymond Green type player that can fire up the team and guard bigs and wings. Yeah. You need hybrid defenders on this team. Yeah. Because that's what this league is. That's what this league. You look at the Golden State Memphis series. Look at the Golden State Memphis series. Look Look at the Phoenix series. Phoenix, Dallas, like you're, you're not, you're playing big to a certain extent, but DeAndre Ayton's struggling because Dallas is running a lineup that requires you to move a lot on defense. And he's not a guy that moves a lot on defense. DeAndre Ayton versus Maxi Kleba is usually a win for Maxi Kleba. Yeah. It's just a matter of, uh, is Kleba going to make his threes? This league is not a big man's league right now. Yeah. They have value, but it's why Clint Capella was ostracized after signing a huge contract. And he's a better offensive player and and not that far behind Rudy defensively. He's a really good shot blocker. So you just have you have issues when you have this much money allocated to a big. Mm-hmm. It's that simple. Uh, George Mashika says, hello, what's up, guys? Good to see you. Eric and Raleigh, the franchise cares about hosting an all-star game because it's a prestigious event. Oh, yeah, sure. It is, and it's a moneymaker for But it's not more you. important than winning a championship. No, you make more money winning rings than on, all-star dude. games. 
Joe Kerr says, I can't be a fan of this team if this is truly their approach. If they care more about the All-Star game than a championship, they are not worthy of it. But I, but I want to be really clear. We're not saying that. We're saying they care more about championships than All-Star games. Like, we're making sure we're on the same page with that. Yeah. Jeremy Bolton says, if it didn't come out from Rudy, why doesn't Rudy just come out and say that? He keeps saying a new rumor every day, then just come out and say that because there's no win for Rudy Gobert publicly speaking about a trade. And you just got your ass handed to you publicly by Shaq. Like, come on. Yeah. You're I still maintain that. the best thing for him to do is go on, go on TNT. Go <laughs> on with those guys. Uh, Gabe Levy says the idea of prioritizing having a presence at the all-star game over building a team that competes for a championship makes zero sense. Yeah. Yet it will find a home with delusional jazz fans. Truth. Eric and Raleigh says Conley has been a top 30 ish six man while in Salt Lake city. Could be, but okay. But here's the thing. And this is what the guy on Twitter was saying. Oh, well, he's a top 30 player. Who cares if he is a top 30 player or a top 50 player? I don't care, dude. What matters is, hey, are you making your floater? Are you making your three? Are you helping us win games, or is your shot percentage trash and hurting us? Yep. Like, that's what matters. Stop. I really, one of my biggest pet peeves in NBA circles is, oh, my God, this guy has this incredible stat that means nothing to us about winning a game. Yeah. And that's what that Conley stat is. It is. Uh, Jeremy says, I'm not paying money to go see games so players can make it to the All-Star game solely. I mean, it's cool and all. But if the Jazz bring in players to win a chip, take my money. Exactly right. Yeah. Exactly right. Precisely. Um, Jeremy Bolton says, Jazz just need to stay with purple. Bring back the Purple Mountains, Greg Hawkins says. Everybody loves the Purple Mountains. I love that jersey. You can't do away with the Jazz note. That would be the worst. It would be. I totally agree. Wow. Comment dump. Uh, A drinking and cigar journey with Eric Lethem. Uh, Okay. Okay. Uh, Eric, good morning. He says the Utah Jazz front office is always a half step slow to making changes to the roster every year, but this is a new front office. This is a critical summer for the Jazz. Yeah. For for Ryan Smith and Danny Ainge, the legend needs to be built because there's a lot of people who don't believe. Jackson Graham, good morning to you. He says this team is beyond hopeless. I'd rather be bad than um, suck in the first round. Stuck in the first round limbo. Yeah, it's I agree with that. It's a playoff game. Yeah. And Garcia says, I'm saying who who trusts Donovan to slow anybody down? I do. I absolutely trust Donovan. I trust Donovan to become a better defender. I trust Donovan to become an elite mid-range player. I trust Rudy Gobert to do everything that he can do to become more athletic and, and be more impactful on offense. You know, like I I I think as professionals, that's their that's the low bar. Yeah. For Donovan Mitchell. And that's the low bar for Rudy Gobert. I mean, I, I love this idea that guys can't change, grow, and become better players. Donovan Mitchell is 25 years old. Yeah. Just 25 now years entering old. his prime. I mean, look at the leap he took in three-point shooting range. Look at the – I mean, if you look at his game, it's evolved every single year. Like, the guy is just now 25 years old. Yeah. You know, like, you, you have to have some faith that guys like Rudy and Don are going to improve. I mean, Rudy's not a spring chicken anymore. He is a – He's 30. He is he is past the he is likely past the best growth opportunity in his career. So now everything is much more difficult for him to grow, in my opinion. Um Spencer Morgan says Mike Conley's decline really is the number one reason for the Jazz playoff failure this year. I, I totally agree with that. 
I think Mike Conley's inability to finish in the paint. You saw in Dallas when he was making those those push teardrop shots. Yeah. They were a much better team, a much more effective team. Well, because it's a high percentage look, you need yes. to make that. It, he was missing easy gimme layups. That's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> with all due respect to this dude on Twitter you were talking about earlier in the show, like, you, you can sit here and, and lean on stats, but I got news for you, man. It's a make or miss league. You either made the shot or you didn't, Boyan. You either made the shot or you didn't, Mike. You either made the shot or you didn't, Don. Like, and they missed the shots. And I'm not trying to hate on them, but but it really is that simple. Like, like you you either are going to make that teardrop or you're not going to be a successful NBA player. That's how it's always been. Look at Ja. Look at Trey Young. Hell, even look at Don. Yes. All look at Luca. All these guys have the teardrop in the bag. It is a must-have shot in today's yep. point guard bag. It, you just have to have it. Uh, I totally agree. SLCP Shooter says, uh, I'll say it again, the Conley trade was the killer. The team would have been better with Rubio, Crowder, Allen, but, 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 but. I agree with that. Conley is a nice guy who has never gotten a tech. But listen, if the issue wasn't that you made the Conley trade, the issue is you didn't do anything beyond that. When you look at the way, like this offseason, Rudy Gay was a complete waste. I mean, Rudy yeah, Gay what was, the point of signing Rudy was Gay? just a complete waste. I I, I don't understand and the, it. And the reason, not to cut in on you, but the, re, the reason we got that he didn't play was Quinn didn't like the matchups. So it's either, it's either were, you know, and I don't think this is the case, but hey, he either wasn't 100% and you couldn't play him or, or, you just made a bad decision in signing him and Quinn wouldn't play him because the matchup apparently didn't dictate it, even though you were trying to play small ball. That's what I don't understand. Like you brought him here specifically to play small ball. You go to that in the Dallas series and you have some success. You could really use a, a hot shooter off the bench and Rudy Gay had shown a propensity to be that guy. Yeah. But you don't play him. Yeah. And, and that's incredibly frustrating. And I, I think the, the they have that's why I said they need they need as close to a rebuild as you're going to get. I mean, I, I I think I I would I would I would trade Rudy. I would I would have four new starters. I, I the only guys on this team that have, in my opinion, real staying power are, are Jordan Clarkson if he's willing to evolve his his mindset and Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, all the I, I mean, you look at Rudy Rudy if he is truly desired across the NBA and I think he is by four or five teams I would get everything you can get if you if you said to me today that you could go back and make make the trade that lands you the Talon Horton Tuckers that lands you the Montrez Harrells like yes right now let's do it but that trade's not possible anymore I would love to have seen them move move and this is the Joe Ingles conversation I feel like they wasted Joe Ingles contract yeah, I just I think it was a or huge the opportunity mistake. that it presented. I, I think it was a huge mistake to just give him away. Yeah, um, and now you have Joe Ingles on Twitter saying he's coming back. By the way, so I don't know. Yeah. Hey, it is what it is. I mean, he's under he essentially is under contract, and 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 Portland has the right to match. I mean, I I just if you're wanting if you're thirsty for Joe Ingles to return to the Jazz, yeah. That's where. That's why this team doesn't win. It's why this team doesn't win. Um, let's see. Uh, James Knight says you're not trying to hate on them, Jake. It's just it just comes naturally. Apparently, it does because I'm not I'm not here for BS. 
I'm not here for for anything other than the truth. If you want BS, go to someone else's podcast. It just is what it is. Yeah, Spencer Morgan says the Conley trade was fine. They resign the the re-signing of Conley was the mistake. And Rudy Gay in a milk carton is a mystery, and we haven't had an answer about it at all. I agree. I Completely. the Jazz are very media savvy. And you know what it also <laughs> says to me? It also says to me that that Quinn and this this particular iteration of the front office is not on the same page. Because at the deadline, you went and got guys that did, like, Nikhil Alexander-Walker did nothing for you. That was a complete waste. The acquisition of Rudy Gay, like, if you're going to go and acquire Rudy Gay, I would think that you would have a conversation with your head coach about playing him, specifically when you can forecast, hey, we're probably going to see either Dallas or Memphis or whatever. Yeah. Whatever teams, you know, whatever three teams we're probably going to see. Yeah. And I, yeah, it's interesting. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with that's that. That's why I say, like, to, yeah, I think that's very interesting. This offseason, Quinn in the front office, like this whole Quinn dynamic is super important because yes, it not, is. it's not just that, hey, you know, Quinn's thinking about this or he's thinking about that. That's not really, to me anyway, the, the, the core of the conversation. The core of the conversation is, because he said in his exit interview, I enjoy my relationship with Zanuck and Danny Ainge, and I respect what Ryan Smith is doing. He was very positive about those guys, but he would, again, not talk about his contract in a situation, which tells me, hey, if you're not going to come out and say, yeah, I'm committed to this organization long-term, we got some stuff to figure out this offseason, but I'm confident in it. Like, if you're not going to say that, then that's going to, you know, force me to wonder, okay, what do you need to see this offseason to come back? Yeah, Trent says, how confident are you guys that you're right about Quinn's contract? Does he have a year plus an option? I, I was told that directly in March. Yeah. That Quinn Snyder has one year and an option on his contract. Yeah. So, and it's, I believe it's his option. Mm -hmm. um, so Quinn Snyder's under contract for this coming season and he has an option. But listen, but listen, let's not, let's not beat around the bush. The Jazz and Quinn are not going to do this whole thing where the Jazz bring in all these guys and change the roster and everything just to have Quinn leave in a year. No. Like if Quinn's going to leave, it would have already happened in my opinion. So that's why I say, I don't think yeah, he's, he's leaving. He's not going to leave guys twisting. I, yeah. I agree. Like that's just not who Quinn she, Snyder is. Jared Tanner says THT. Do you mean Talon Horton Tucker? Mm -hmm. uh, was terrible this season. Who are you watching? And Montrez got played off the floor in the playoffs. Well, ask yourself this though. This is a matchup league. There's no doubt about this. Yeah. Specifically Talon Horton Tucker. Cause I've had this conversation with 20 guys in the league in the last two months. Talon Horton Tucker suffered in the make of that roster in LA. That guy needs a change of scenery. And what, what happened to him was very simple is he was the ninth or 10th guy on that team. But if you brought Talon Horton Tucker to Los Angeles from Los Angeles to Utah. Yeah. What does he do by just by sheer need alone? He is probably your, your first wing off the bench. Jordan Clarkson is, is, He's your scorer off the bench. Talon Horton Tucker is so young and so pliable yeah. that he's a guy who can shoot the three, did not shoot well this year, but nobody in L.A. did. Mm -hmm. But he's got the skill set that you need. He's athletic. He's young. He can attack the basket. He's your he Jalen Brunson, three. dude. He is. That is that guy. And as far as Montrez Harrell goes, Montrez Harrell is a perfect fit to Rudy Gobert. As Rudy Gobert's number two, Montrez Harrell is a mean son of a bitch. I'd rather dude. have him than than Hassan, I can tell you that right now. Montrez Harrell brings you the Jay Crowder, the he brings you the the 
you know, PJ Tucker, he, Smart. he brings you that, that bad attitude on the floor. He wants to dunk on guys. He wants to hurt guys. He, he does not care. All he wants to do is win. Yeah. And he is a more than capable defender. And you want to, you want a guy to score down low for you. That's, that's Montrez Harrell. He yeah. is a phenomenal role player. He is not somebody to be counted on. He is not somebody you want starting for you. When he's coming off the bench and he's your number two big, I absolutely think he's a perfect fit here. What was the problem with Hassan Whiteside? Emotionally, he was disconnected. He didn't want to play on some nights. He was not a willing a willing defender. He did not run back hard. But when he was plugged in, he was a re- he's one of the best shot blockers in the NBA. But he wasn't plugged in. And he was an odd fit in the locker room. I'm telling you, Montrez Harrell, is a perfect fit in this system. And you need guys. This is something else you need to to bring yourself around to. You need the right fit here. You don't just need, and this is the Bradley Beal conversation, or excuse me, the Brad Beal conversation. Thank you. you. You're welcome. I'm for real. This is the Brad Beal conversation. Yeah. Does he fit? Does a Ben Simmons, think about Ben Simmons. Mm -hmm. Does Ben Simmons fit? I think he'd be a great fit here. Was he a fit in, in Philly? He wasn't. Yeah. I mean. But would Ben Simmons be a good fit in Utah? Yeah, he would. He, well, the way he plays. On the floor, he's a fit. But the money yes. thing, again, is. Yeah, know. well, finance. But but this yeah. is my point. Yeah. You need. What is the problem with Rudy Gobert? Rudy Gobert's game doesn't fit in their system. And he's making a pile of money. Yeah. If his game fit, you could work around, so to speak, the money. Yeah. But it doesn't fit at all. Yeah. Right, so you look at what is the problem with Rudy Gay? Because I was I, I I was one of the people who was jumping up and down when they made that signing. I thought that was a great signing. Well, he's old and he was hurt and he missed a bunch of time this year, and then he just didn't play. Sorry, folks, that's what it is. Then he just didn't play. You know, like that. I, I he wasn't a fit apparently. Yeah. But I I look at guys like trades that were out there. John Wall was a perfect fit for the Lakers perfect fit Russ was a perfect fit in that the Rockets could have bought him out and they could have got value for John Wall like fit is what you need like Russell Westbrook's a great example he's not done in this league by a long stretch you can you can sit here and say that Russ sucks and he's done he's not nobody that a nobody that plays in the NBA and has done what Russell Westbrook has done sucks so we need to this is James Harden James Harden does not suck Mm. no he does not suck sorry I know you don't like that. Rudy Rudy Gobert does not suck. That that just stop saying that. They're they're paid at the top of the NBA. You don't get that accidentally. James Harden was an awkward fit in Brooklyn. James Harden mentally is not a fit with most championship teams, right? You look at Ben Simmons, he, he lost his mind in Philly. And he's trying to get ha, have his back restructured like Yeah. But look at Kyrie Irving. I want to play this Sean Marks bite. Sean Marks met with the media yesterday, the GM mm-hmm. of the Brooklyn Nets. Was Kyrie Irving, listen to this and ask yourself, was Kyrie Irving a fit in Brooklyn? Um, we haven't had any of those discussions yet, so it would be unfair for me to comment on you know, how it looks with, with us and Kyrie because, to be quite frank, he has some decisions to make on his own. So he has to look um, at what he's going to do with his player option and so forth like that. But I think we know what we're looking for. You know, we're looking for guys that want to come in here, be part of something bigger than themselves, um, play selfless, play team basketball, uh, and be available. And that goes not only for Kyrie, but for, for everybody here. 
Okay. First of wow. all, first of all, remember two weeks ago when I said Zanuck did a lot of coach speak in his media availability? This is like the exact opposite of that. This is, hey, dude, yeah, in a nice way, we're looking for people who actually want to play basketball. So I actually appreciate the bluntness out of out of March. Here. I thought that was remarkable. Kyrie Irving was a problem for Brooklyn. Yeah. Right? So anyway, all of this to wrap up on the Jazz and say – Donovan Mitchell was a problem for the Jazz. Mike Conley was a problem for the Jazz. Rudy Gobert is a problem for the Jazz. They got to solve these issues. That's really what it comes down to. A couple more. Um, Cody Strickland says, LeBron James is coming to Utah. The whole nobody wants to play with Utah was just a cover. His son going to get drafted by us and be like, Utah is my stick. Come on. Infowars.com. Cody, my man. Uh, just remember, it's only his opinion, and we have ours, and Garcia says. I don't know what that's in reference to. Brandon Whiteside says, Jazz don't want any of the Lakers players. They traded away all their good players. Well, who, the, the Lakers traded away all their good players? I mean, Lonzo Ball's been a bust largely because he can't stay healthy. Brandon mm -hmm. Ingram is, is a superstar. I mean, the guy, that's the guy you miss in L.A. Kyle Kuzma is just meh. Kyle is... He'll have a couple of nice games. So inconsistent, right? The guys you miss there are Brandon Ingram and Josh Hart. Those are the two guys that got away from LA. And I think if they could go back and make that trade again, I think they would because they won a championship out of it. Yeah. You know, so they need to hire a coach and they need to, but notice what the Lakers aren't doing. And this is jazz fans. You got to get your head around this. Nobody's making trades right now. Did you guys hear about that big NBA trade yesterday? No, neither did I. Cause it didn't happen. <laughs> You got to get past the NBA Finals. You got to get to the draft. Then you got to get to free agency. Yeah. Then major trades will happen. Trades will happen around the draft. Then free agency. Then more trades. Yeah. Nothing's going to happen in the next six weeks. Um, would you trade Kyrie Irving? Yeah, I would. I would. I think that I think there's a lot of value out there for him, and I think that Kevin needs a more reliable partner. I, I mean, in his in his greatest, Kevin Durant is as a scorer and everything that he's capable of. I I, I just think that. This is a two-man league right now, you know. Yeah. Um, yes, it when is. when LeBron was in his prime, as far as being a Miami Heat, it was a three-man league, which is why you saw trios. Now, now it's a duos league, and that's why I say like Kevin needs somebody who can be on the floor for probably seventy-five games a year. Probably, you know, every guy is going to no, miss five, six Kyrie. games, and that's not Kyrie. And you've pointed that out for years now. You've always said, "Hey, Kyrie's a fifty-game guy," and whether it's because of the C word that we're not allowed to say. Or it's because his ankle rolled over. Like, you're missing games. So, that's why I say, like, Kevin is doing everything he can Kevin. do. Kevin, like, hey, put the ball in the hole. That's what I do. I have a size 18 that cost me a, a Eastern Conference Finals bid. Yeah, I get it, dude. It's frustrating. Kevin. So, you know, I, I, yeah, I would trade him. Uh, um, and then you need to see what Joe Harris' availability is. What, what he's going to look like, you know, after recovering from this injury and 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 what that's going to be, and then thirdly, I think Aldridge. You need to figure out what you're doing with Lamarcus Aldridge. You know, because he was an asset for you, and then you sat his ass on the bench for a long time, and he didn't see minutes. So. I think they're in really good shape, the Brooklyn Nets. I mean, Ben, that you got to figure out Ben Simmons. I mean, yeah, if Ben you know? Simmons is healthy and if he can get in in you know in some form of control of his mental health. I mean, there's no reason that Ben Simmons and Kevin Durant are a great fit. I mean, because stylistically, they're a great fit. We 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 don't have the we don't have Steve Nash saying it, but but basically, what Steve Nash said yesterday was that Ben Simmons had had surgery for the herniation in his back. Yeah, he's feeling great. 
and he's on he's on his his rehab now. So they are the sentiment was that they are feeling good about Ben Simmons. Steve Nash also said that Ben Simmons is a positionless player, meaning that that sometimes he will play point and run the offense or initiate offense. Other times he's going to be a four. You know, sometimes he'll be a five. Like and and I think that ultimately. I think the Nets need a guy like that. You need Kevin Durant can't be your point guard, man. You can't have Kevin Durant bring yes. the ball up. You need yeah. you need Ben Simmons to bring the ball up, and then you got to have Joe Harris standing in the corner, and then the other two guys like have Claxton at the five. Like that's a pretty decent setup. Yeah, I mean, if you look at where they're at, I mean, they are they're in pretty good shape. They should be. If Kyrie Irving opts in, I'd trade him. It's thirty five million dollars. Yeah, I would trade him. Depending on where you're at with Ben. Ben Simmons. I mean, he's got to. I he is proving to do the idea that he had surgery really as soon as the season ended tells you that he is he is committed to playing. Yeah, I mean that was a big big indicator of where they're at. But yeah, I I would trade Ben Simmons, and I agree with you on Joe Harris. I mean they've got some. I mean Patty Mills also has a player option for six point one. But like think about but think about some of these names. They have options. Like if if yes. Joe Harris. Like again, I know it's the if if candy's a nuts game, right? Like, hey, if this, okay, great, it didn't happen. Who cares? But think about it. If they had Joe Harris, his shooting, his be- the best version of Joe Harris, you're probably in a different spot. Well, you- and if you could count on Kyrie Irving, I mean, yeah. that's really what this comes down to: is their inability to count on a guy they're paying thirty six million bucks to. That's so that's an awfully difficult deal. Yeah. So I think they're in good shape. Um, Real quick on this Saudi Golf League, after you uh, check out our affiliate links below, great affiliate links, I'm telling you, from protein bars, vitamins, uh, the backyard, $10 backyard hack that's going to make your outdoor space much better. Like, There's all kinds of good stuff in the affiliate links below. Check it out in the description. Please, if you're here right now, uh, give us a thumbs up and a like. I appreciate everybody that is here. Thank you so much for being here. You guys support the show amazingly well. Please give us a thumbs up. Please give us a subscribe. It really helps the channel grow. Uh, And yes, we are still giving away a PS5. Um, As far as Greg Norman in the Saudi Golf League goes, holy cow, this pisses me off. So you know that, that there was a tremendous tragedy in a guy named Jamal Khashoggi. Mm -hmm. He was a reporter for the Washington Post who was frankly an adversary of the Saudi government. There is video of Jamal Khashoggi walking into the consulate and never coming out. And it is widely regarded and there is significant evidence that Jamal Khashoggi was murdered. His body was cut up and transported out of the consulate in pieces. And that the Saudi crown prince is the one who ordered that hit. So the Saudi crown prince is also the one that is building the Saudi golf league, funding the Saudi golf league to which Greg Norman is their big player. He's their big name. He is the guy running that league, growing that league, recruiting for that league. So Greg Norman yesterday on the record, when asked about, well, Hey, you know, they cut people's heads off, bro. And what do you think about their murder of Jamal Khashoggi? Greg Norman said, hmm, we all make mistakes. Let's go play golf. Greg Norman said, when asked about the murder of Jamal Khashoggi, we all make mistakes. So wait, let me get this right. The hit 
that led to you chopping Jamal Khashoggi's body up was just a mistake. Nah, lack of judgment there. <laughs> no, that means you're a murderer. Yeah. That you cut people's heads off, dude. Yeah. That makes you a murderer. That makes you a, a fucking savage. I'm Shiva, the god of death. That's not a mistake. It's a choice. That's you're a murderer. And that's what Phil Mickelson wants to get in bed with. That's what Lee Westwood wants to get in bed with. That's what Sergio Garcia wants to get in bed with in London. And I'm with Justin Thomas. Justin Thomas said yesterday, fuck him. You want to go play there? Go ahead and play there, but just don't come back to the PGA Tour because we don't want you. Yeah. And I say amen. I, I don't know how much more clearly I can say this, that if you want to do business and you want to take blood money, because that's what it is at this point. If you want to take blood money from the Saudis, go for it. But just don't come back here because we don't want you here. We don't. I, I, I would never want Phil Mickelson if he goes and plays in a single event on that tour, Phil Mickelson should never play in another PGA Tour event. Yeah, he should never play in the Masters, which is not a PGA Tour. Event. Is this is this worse, reputationally speaking, than everything that Tiger went through? For Phil Mickelson, I think it is. Um, I think Greg Norman is a fraud. I don't think anybody cares. He was such an iconic figure, and I think he is just a an international disappointment. Yeah. But for Phil Mickelson, this is a huge, huge problem. I don't think he ever gets over this. This is Tiger Woods banging whores the morning he found out his father died. This is yeah. This is all of that. Yeah. Yeah, I think this is a huge blight on the face of Greg Norman. Yeah. This is a huge blight on the face of Phil Mickelson. And I appreciate guys like Justin Thomas, man. Tell how it is, man. I mean, I think that that's <laughs> instead of us sitting here saying, oh, well, the PGA is being ridiculous. No, they're not. Do, do you understand? If you are Jamal Khashoggi's family, yeah. Does it not, Greg Norman? Do you, does it not resonate with you that you just said uh, his his murder was just a you know a mistake? You're essentially saying it was like an accident. Uh, you you just messed something up. This was not a mistake. And for Greg Norman to say that it, it is it's unbelievable to me. Yeah, it, it's unreal, and that people still want to do business with Greg Norman. I mean, you you are a sellout. How do you sponsor these guys? Like, you know, like you for are Phil. a sellout. Like, how does AWS sponsor? He Phil doesn't. Now? He lost all of his like, sponsors. He I know. Has no but that's sponsors. my point. Like, if you're these guys, if you're Phil, don't you know that that's happening? Don't but you what, know that if you're if you're Adidas, what do you say to Sergio Garcia? Yeah. How, what sense does that make? Wear something else, bud. Like, what sense does it make that you would get in bed with the Saudis? simply for the money because there is no prestige in that tour and by the way we need to put this in 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 context too if you're on the pga tour like if you don't even have to win on the pga tour like if you're just a consistent mid-tier guy like you're there every week but you never win anything and you're just doing you dude you're gonna be a millionaire like let's not beat around the bush you're going to get paid so that's why i say like the idea that these guys are doing this for money is crazy. It's absolutely crazy. Yeah, I, I don't. Like, I'm not even joking about it. I'm being a hundred percent serious. I am so upset about this. Yeah, and I really just hope that nobody supports that Saudi tour. I really do. Yeah, I really, really do. All right. Should we talk about dating? Where do you want to go next here? Because there is, um, you know, there are some interesting. Um, 
Oh, and Jeremy Bolton wants to know if Mike James is available. Funny thing, funny thing, Mike James is going to be in the NBA next year. And from from what you hear, he's got like three three offers. He was good for the Nets, dude. He was very good for the Nets. They couldn't afford him. And he got paid by Monaco. Um, by the way, did anybody notice that there were like 10 or 12 guys at his game, his playoff game? No, he shot horribly. But did anybody notice, including Kevin Durant, went to Mike James's playoff game? Do you think they were there just because they felt like traveling the world? No. Come on, no. guy. And, you know, like, yeah, anyway. Um, so what do you make of this list of the 10, the 10 things that women find as instant turnoffs mm -hmm. for men? Because first of all, I think the, I think the important thing here is that there is a huge, there is a huge, there is a huge issue that has to be talked about. And that is that you have such an advantage as a woman, you have a huge advantage in the dating game. And I think pretty much everybody recognizes that, that the, the, the game of dating in this country specifically is a hundo P about women. Mm -hmm. Like where the woman wants to go, How about that? who's going to pay for it? Like, you know, what are yeah. we as men going to do to get laid? Like that's essentially what the date. And you just went through this, by the way, you yeah. just went through this, right? Yeah, so I mean, I think, I and I and I think it's important to say like which portion of the dating game. So like m people my age, you know, because I think this is different. Like, oh, for I young think people, it's people in any look at it, look at look at the <clears throat> dating situation without being specific that we just all went through. That was all about getting laid and finding the best outcome for the end of your life. Yeah, that was a but game. But that is born out of necessity. So like, I think dating as a younger person, as a millennial. I think a lot of that is is like I, I just think it's fascinating the two sides and the perspective. So like for me as a dude, and I think for a lot of dudes, you're looking for okay, what you know, how much drama is there? What's going on? Like what is she into? Like you're trying to figure out what, how much you're gonna have to deal with. Is it actually good? Like because I went on like eight nine days, spent probably hundreds of dollars to find the person, and now I found her and everything's great. But that's the process. Women don't have to pay for dinner. Women don't have to do the driving. Like, nothing. Okay. Go ahead. Tell us. Yeah. Tell us. Please. I feel like it was a conspiracy that my microphone was left over there when no, this the conspiracy. topic No, the conspiracy is that you're, you're sometimes here and sometimes not. That's the conspiracy. So, we have no idea. Catch me outside. How about that? You know, like, there's some days you're here, some days you're not, man. You know. So, it is what it is. There was no conspiracy in that. What? Why are you looking at me like that? Death stare has been engaged. The death stare has been engaged. So anyways, I think it's your choice. <laughs> yeah. It's your choice uh -huh. to either pay or split it. Like. No, it's not a choice. I do think it is. No. What makes you think that? No, it's not a choice. Just. But no, come on. What makes you think that? Seriously. Because there is no rule that says you have to pay. And I think if you're if you're comfortable enough and if the woman is confident enough and, and, you know, doesn't need you to pay, there shouldn't be a problem. It's an expectation, not a rule. Yeah, it is. It is the it is the minimum bar, in my opinion. And there are a lot of women who just date to get. Now, I will say I will say if you're a woman, and you show up and you're like, hey, we need to split this. OK, that stands out to me. That's like something I'd be like, oh, OK, she's this for real. You know, like you're but, you're trying to make an impression. But there are a lot of women 
who will go on a date just to get a free dinner. There's a lot of women who will go on a date to get free gifts. I think that happens. I'm yeah. not saying that's every woman, but no, I do think that happens. Well, yeah. Nothing's every woman. Yeah. Like, I think that happens. You, you, Mrs. Monty, you don't think that happens? I think that by the end of the dinner, if you feel like it was not sincere, then... But, but we're not. But what we're talking like, about is how, how much money does a dude have to spend to find his person versus how much money and consternation does a woman have to go through? Because the truth is, just generally speaking, and I think this is something we could all agree on, women could go out and get a bunch of dates lined up, no problem. You could get on Hinge right now and have like five, six dates lined up for the weekend in less than no probably, problem. probably like two hours. No problem. But for dudes, it's different. The process is different. We have to have, we have to be good looking. We have to have like something we can provide. Oh, let's, like we let's gotta... name the list. Oh yeah. So let's the list. Sorry. Yeah. We're the selling list. the lead. The list. Yeah. Here are women's yeah, top, <clears throat> top 10 things. And almost all of these are hygiene. Mm -hmm. The number one instant turnoff for women in dating is men that have bad fingernails. Mm -hmm. So, okay. So let's just start there just as an example. So if you're, if you're someone that uses his hands to make a living, you know, if you're in construction or if you're a mechanic or if you're a blue collar guy, is that, that's something you're no, facing. No, you can clean that. Yeah. I think it's the it's the the like the nail biting, it's the mm -hmm. nail fungus, it, mm -hmm. like picking at your nails, biting at your nails, yeah, dirty that's nails. Like a, that's a big Just thing. because you're a mechanic doesn't mean that you you can't yeah. afford a nail brush. Yeah, if you if you aren't if you are a mechanic mm -hmm. or someone who gets their hands dirty a lot and you're not cleaning those nails, that is a turn That is a turn off. I am not letting you touch so the right there, downstairs right, kitty cat but, with your dirty nails. But right there. You're done. That's it. You got a free dinner. You're never seeing me again because of my nails. That's it. That yeah. means instantly that I'm not a good person. Um, no, it just means but that but you that's need the to parlance clean. of dating. But it's a turn off. So yeah. if you are trying to if you are trying to make an impression, clean your nails. Yeah, I don't disagree. You should if have. If a girl shows up and has grimy, disgusting nails, are you not going to be well, equally as questionable? Like, why don't you and wash your hands? Not having good nails is a choice. Like, it is, it, you, if you have dirty nails or you bite your nails or whatever, I mean, you, that's a choice you're making to do mm. that. Um, bad breath is number two. Like, again, mm -hmm. do you not have, do you not have a breath mint? Does that not also apply to women? Like, yes, it does. If she has horrible halitosis, wouldn't you be offended? You'd be like, oh. Dang. You went on dates. How many of them had bad breath? I don't think, I mean, none of them had bad breath. They just weren't trying to, they weren't, they showed up just like, I, I, I legitimately, I'm not trying to hate. They showed up to have dinner and leave. Like, that's what it felt like nine out of 10 dates were. Like, hey, you showed up, you didn't want to have a, an interesting conversation, and then you left. And that's how I weed people out. I push people on the first date. I have conversations. I ask them questions because yeah. that tells me what kind of person you are on the well, inside. I, I don't know. This isn't really supposed to be about your dating life, but it sounds but, like but that's what I'm this the is most applicable into. person because um, I just went through it. Other other habits. Yeah. Messy living spaces. So if you get past the first date <clears throat> and you bring her home and your apartment's a mess. Yeah, I mean yeah. that's just a given. You have to clean your place up if you're gonna have someone over. That it just goes is both what it ways, is. though. Again, but yeah. here's the thing: dude doesn't go over to girls' house. Girls come comes over to dude's house. That's just how it is. Jared Jensen says, don't trust something that bleeds for seven days and doesn't die. Okay, that's fucked up. Come on. That's fucked up. Really? Come on. Come on uh, LMAO, this woman uh, is delusional, David Humiz hum says. Mm -hmm. um, bro, it, and now your comic got filtered, but bro, bro something was basically saying this is the price you pay to get laid. And it's true. It's true. When, I, I, 
It's I, not a hating thing. I they, think it's the cool. The power of the vagina. The power of the vagina. Yeah, well, that's not how it is. That's not how it is. That's not how it is. That's all you want. You know, that's that's, that's com- no, no, dude. Not, that's that, not how no. it is. Um, other things that are instant turnoffs, according to women who date eating loudly, selfishness, poor conversation skills, laziness and road rage. I mean, I guess road rage. Are you road raging? Um, I, I yeah, I don't notice. Know. Notice what's not said. Anything to do with money or the job you have or like number how about this everything is superficial number three constantly checking your phone that one i can get down with if you can't leave your phone alone for five minutes what does that say about a person sitting in front of you yeah i mean that one's fair i think that goes for both sides lack of manners 71 percent of people ticked this as their second biggest turnoff a complete lack of manners Uh uh-huh and again the number the number one instant turnoff bad hygiene and and 72% of people insisted their biggest turnoff was poor hygiene, with um, most of those citing bad nail hygiene. Mm-hmm. Nails are a big deal. I agree with you. If you're putting your nails in certain orifices, they should they need to be clean. Okay, this lady that I used to work with always said, like she told her sons, that if they dated any, any woman who had dirty nails, that that was a sign that their downstairs uh-huh. kitty cat was jir- dirty and not I agree them. with that. I agree with that because if you, and this is what we talk about a lot. I always tell Jake, make your bed every day. Like you, it's these little habits that turn into big things like hygiene habits, nails, nails are a perfect example. Mm -hmm. Like I think I have very nice nails. I take care of my nails. I don't bite my nails. I don't pick at my nails. None of that. If you can, if you do not have the simple habit of keeping your hands clean, including your nails, what does that say about the rest of your body? But also what does it say about the rest of your life? Right. Like my guess is if you have dirty nails, you probably don't do your laundry regularly. Your apartment's probably a mess or your house is a mess or your desk at work is a mess. Like I think those little indicators are indicators of bigger issues. Mm -hmm. Right. If you have B.O., my guess is, is that your B.O. is not going to be fresh and clean. Right. You know, like I just I think those things are if you're rude. If you're on a date and you're rude to somebody, like if you don't treat, one of the things that I think you should really look at when you're dating, how does the person you're on a date with treat the wait staff? Yeah. How do they treat the restaurant staff? How do they treat the bar staff? What do they say about the bar staff? What do they say about other people around you? Like, Mm -hmm. I think that's a huge indicator. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so, Britt, what is your number one turnoff? Like, what is your, what is your number one turnoff in people in general? Dating or otherwise? Gosh. Oh, mine's easy. What is it? A lack of personality. If you cannot have a conversation, if you cannot talk, if you cannot speak well like that, I'm I'm probably not going to spend much time with you. I would say, you know, rudeness. Like, if you're not kind, if you're not, you know, able to accept, you know. Others. Others. Jake, what is your number one? Yeah, I mean, not not having not having the ability to have a conversation. That was my biggest frustration with dating. You know, you go you go on all these dates, and it's just it's just a numbers game. It's just how much you're willing to invest to find the right person. It you turns know? into an interview where there's no conversation. You're just constantly asking questions. Yeah, because millennials, generally speaking, are not strong enough people to have good conversation. That's just that's just how it is. Steve like, Hambone says, "Look at the inside of their car. If it's messy, their homes are messy too." <clears throat> Mrs. Monty. 
is not a clean car keeper. Okay. Your level of clean is completely detailed, although your car is not... No, my car is, well, because I've been driving the Jeep a lot. We've been doing a lot more with the Jeep. So I've had like a ton of auto parts in my car. I've had like rock star cans in my car, like in the cup holder, which drives me crazy. Like we've had the dogs in the, and I'm talking about the Audi. We've had the dogs in the Audi. Like Mm -hmm. the car has not been. to say that my car is always a mess. Oh, your door compartment, the compartments in your door are always full of just everything. Everything. Like your (laughs) trunk, always full of everything. But why are you mad? We do really like. Is your door are your door compartments usually full of garbage? They are not usually full. <laughs> I do put garbage in there when I'm driving, and then I try yeah. to take it out all the time. But that's better than putting it on the floor of the car or the back I would agree. seat. Oh, that drives me crazy. Or the dashboard or wherever. Don't else. please don't put gar like it, garbage on the floor of your car drives me crazy. I was recently in somebody else's car. Um, and I want to be delicate, but they had like fast food trash in their back seat. And it's like, dude, really? Come on. Like it made me not get in their car. I was like, no, nah, I'm not doing that. Uh, Jeremy Bolton says, I agree with Mrs. Monty 100%. It's so easy to be kind and nice to others. If you're a dickhead to others, I want no part of them. Like, I, and I really work on that. I try to be nice to people. Now, there are times I'm sure I come off gruff. But I really try to be kind to people. I really try to be compassionate. I'm a big believer in like empathy. I think it's a it's a huge deal. Uh, Greg says, man, I always had so much fun dating. I never experienced the problems with a lack of conversation. Women like to talk, dude. That's Millennial not true women now. do not, not like true. to talk. That is not no. true now. Fat Jesus says, driving a loud car. Jared Jensen says, that's why toilet paper is white. Okay. I don't mm-hmm. understand that reference. Yeah. I would agree. No. Um what does somebody's sexual ability matter? Does sexual compatibility matter? Yeah, it matters. I think it matters. It matters largely. A lot. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. It's All a right. big deal. Play the music. We got to go. Um, Mrs. Monty is now mad at me. I'm sure. So, that's there was engaged. It was. It's not my fault. Your your car is always messy. It's not always messy. I just don't like trashing cars. Uh, all right, make sure you hit subscribe. Make sure you check out our affiliate links below, please. Always appreciate that. Um, off tomorrow, back Monday. Uh, tomorrow we head to Moab. Look for our new Jeep video this weekend on the uh, YouTube channel, The Monty Show, M-O-N-T by The Monty Show. Until Monday, say goodbye, Jake. Goodbye, Jake.